Hello and welcome into Off Topic, brought to you by SoRare Data. I am Andrew Laird. You can find me as Laird on SoRare. Today to talk about surveys, kind of. Actually, not kind of. Definitely to talk about surveys, but also a few other things that probably go into the survey. I don't know. We'll see where we go. It's uh, the Friday before Christmas. Hope everyone's getting all excited for those who celebrate, of course. And for those who don't, hope you enjoy everybody else who is celebrating and not really caring about work anymore. That's where we are. Um, although I guess a bunch in Europe are probably already done. So thanks everyone for coming. Scosmo was in nice and early. Kev Hurd and Philly Dilly finally catching one live and on the podium. Way to be. Mike Baston is here. Happy holidays. Tuggy, good to see you. And Surface. Morning for Surface. He's got a whole day ahead of him. Probably a half day though. Nobody works a full day these days. Uh, so... On yesterday's SoRare Andrews, if anyone has not listened to that or watched it, we went through the SoRare survey that went out to a number of users, including Andy, but not including me. I still haven't gotten it. And I feel hurt that they don't want my opinion. Because obviously, they have no idea how I feel about SoRare without this survey. There are no other avenues for them to find out how I play the game and what I think about it. And it's just weird that they wouldn't send me the survey. Um, <clears throat> Chani, hello. Thanks for catching in live. Red or Dead is here as well. So I was going to talk about the survey. I will talk about the survey, I promise. I would also like to bring up a, a Medium post that I read that I also uh, retweeted a few minutes ago that is titled, You're Not As Good at Sober As You Think You Are and neither am I. And I didn't write this one myself. Uh, it was by Peter Stoyanov. Stoyanov, I would probably say. Um, but let me see. Let me drop the link in the chat because I think you guys should read it. Uh, but basically, it, it has a number of points that I, I liked and I feel like I've tried to discuss previously, but this actually puts it in a, in a different way that I really enjoyed, which is why I shared it with everyone. Um, so this is it. And Peter basically tries to compare it to DFS and specifically the fact that you pay entry fees to participate in daily fantasy contests, but we don't do that in SoRare. However, as we all know, to win the best prizes, there is some sort of financial outlay. And it's not to enter the tournaments, but it's obviously to buy cards. And one of the points that Peter brings up, which is something that I feel like I've thought about, but obviously have never really talked about it well enough. And I think this did a really good job doing that. But effectively, it was trying to figure out, based on how much you pay for cards, you can basically try to figure out what your entry fee is for all of these contests. And one of the really interesting points that that Peter brings up that I I feel like we all know but don't really address. And I think it kind of goes back to what I what I said earlier this week about how so rare has always built themselves as this fantasy game where you buy cards and then you play. And the biggest thing that we like I think the the biggest point now where we we all see the where there's this break in what we think the game is and what so rare think the game is 
is if you just look at the cards as a way to play the game, they will never be worth more than the price that you paid. Because every single time you use that card, that's one fewer times you can use it. And we always kind of joke, cards have 10 years utility or someone's like, you own this forever, you can play it forever. But, but in reality, you can't. You can't play cards forever because players don't play forever. And so the, the more you use a card, meaning the more that players play, you know, there's only a, there's a finite number of games that a player will play in their career. It's not infinite. Nobody lives forever and nobody plays football forever. And so if you start to think of it that way, your card should not be worth more after you buy it because you, you don't get the games that previously played. And then each time that you use it in a lineup, you're taking one possible entry away in that you can use in the future. And it was just, I thought that was a really, Peter didn't say all of that. I kind of used his to, to bring it back to what I said uh, earlier this week. But basically, it's, the idea is we're using the cards that we buy to win more cards, which we can sell for cash or ETH. But fundamentally, each card really shouldn't be worth more than it is after you buy it. And we all know that's not the case. And so Mike Batson said, if you hold Reese James, you're lucky if you get 100 games over his career. Um, yeah, that's an unfortunate. But um, but really, we we know that that's not how it works. That when players are in, are in good form, then other people want the cards. And so you could theoretically sell it for more than you, got, than you bought it for. But it does, it did make me think I wonder if Sower built this game with the idea of cards not necessarily being worth more after you buy them. And I, and that sounds crazy. Like, obviously, they didn't build a game around that. But it did just get me thinking of my own gallery, because that's what everybody does in Sower. And like, how many more times will I be able to play whatever card that's in my gallery? And if somebody went to you, or excuse me, if you went to somebody to buy a card and they were like, yeah, I'll sell it to you, but just know that you can only play this card 25 times and that's it. We don't know this, of course, but if that's the case, would we think any differently about what our cards are worth and what we buy and why we buy them? Theoretically, we buy them so that we get a new card preferably somebody who's younger because they have a longer time frame of when they could return in, in the game. And it's just really, it's, it's super interesting to me because I feel like I knew this, we all know this, but Peter's article kind of put it in a different perspective where I was like, oh my God, maybe this is really what So Rare meant. And, and the idea was you buy these cards and Philly Dilly said every card goes to zero, which I don't think is actually true because at some point, I do believe these will be collectible. And that doesn't mean they're going to be collectible in the sense that we're going to be all, we're all going to be rich with our retired players. 
but I do think that they will hold some value. There will be someone who's willing to pay something for these cards. Not every card, but some. And so that germ says make fitness great again. So it's funny because I I went to that step too, germ. Like, oh, fitness, this is what they meant. But like we we already have a finite number of times we can use cards because we're dependent on players continuing to play. And when they're when they're injured in real life, we don't use the cards. And so we obviously don't know how many cards are left. Excuse me, how many games are left in a player's career? Like nobody knows that. But we do know that it's a finite number. And every game they play, that number gets smaller. And therefore the utility is less. So should you pay more for a card that has less utility than when you bought it? I don't know. John Andrews checked in. Hello. Ben Cook, what's up? Steph, what do you got here? Hi, but if you think that that way there's no reason at all to go up in scarcities and to pay that much money to play SO5 because it's a game like Football Manager and Football Manager is 45 to 75 a year. So the difference though is that even if the cards you buy, like if you even if they were guaranteed to be worth less than when you bought them or when you won them, you can still use those cards to win rewards that then produce your your return. And so I think that's the big difference. Like going up in scarcity means that the the value of your of each reward is actually greater. Not necessarily in terms of like a uh, return percentage, but if you win a tier 1 super rare it's going to be worth more than a tier 1 limited. Maybe not a tier one rare, but that's a different conversation. And so, <clears throat> so that started me thinking of, and I don't think it's a healthy exercise to keep trying to think what so rare think, but it's just what I'm doing this week. And so I'll just keep keep going. So if the idea was you use cards, like if the game was fundamentally built on buy cards, not invest in cards, buy cards, use them in our game, win prizes. Then the whole like selling your cards for more and the value of your cards doesn't really matter, right? It's just your effective entry fee into the platform. Not into each contest, because those are free, but that's your entry fee to being able to participate in certain contests. And the more that you spend, theoretically, the greater the the raw value of the rewards will be in the future. And, And the value of your card should be lower after you buy them, because whoever buys them from you will get less utility than you got because you got all the games that you played. They didn't. And I don't think that's a good, like, I think that idea is really, like people are not going to be comfortable with that. And, and we, again, we know it's not the case. Like we know that you can sell cards for more than you buy them. It happens. Not every card 
goes down. Like I've sold cards that then skyrocket after. And, but I think that there is kind of like this interesting, it's really just like a mental hurdle of what if the whole point was not buy cards to sell cards at profit, but buy cards to try to win in a fantasy game. <clears throat> ben Cook says, then you get into the, quote, potential utility. So that adds another element. Some guys may seem like they'll never be worth anything, but get that one transfer and all clicks. Totally. Like, and I think that's kind of the case with a lot of people that they, just that, like you see a guy who like never plays and you're like, realistically, he, I'm only going to get 10 games out of this guy in his career that I'll use in a lineup. And then he gets a transfer to Hirenveen and you're just like, oh my God, let's go. And so that, and in that situation, theoretically, your card is worth more because the expected utility is different. So maybe that's what we need to analyze more, like expected utility. That if you have a player who's very established, we kind of know what the potential utility is. Like we know Jude Bellingham is likely to play as many games as possible for Real Madrid for the rest of his career. I mean, obviously he can transfer, but he's probably not transferring somewhere bad. Whereas other players that, you know, are, are, I don't even want to say young players because we we've seen older players, you know, they, they're on a relegated team and they go to the second division in Germany. And now they, now they're great for the game. Germ says buy cards to win more than you paid for bought card. Like that's it. And obviously every card, every subsequent card you buy, you have to win more than, than what you paid. And I think if, if that's the way that so rare think the game works, then then card values don't, it's not that they don't matter because they directly relate to the, how much your rewards are worth. Like if card values are down, reward value is down. But the whole, my gallery was worth $1,000 and now it's worth 400, theoretically doesn't matter to them. It's how much have you won with that $1,000? And if your response is like, I've won $200 in rewards, $20, whatever it is, it's like, okay, well, keep trying. And, and that's weird to me because I haven't really thought of the game this way. And I don't think anybody will think that, I don't think anyone reasonably thinks that that's how the game works. For the number of people who, who are really, who really struggle with the fact that their cards are worth, are presumably worth less than when they bought them. Like that's a, that's not a good feeling. And, but I also think, and again, I'm, I'm like completely speculating, but it feels like so rare. Not that they don't care. I, I, I don't want to say that, but they, they want, they want users to focus on what they've won with the cards they bought, because fundamentally that's why we're here. 
to play a fantasy game where you win rewards. Steph said, that's the so rare conundrum because they need clients that are okay with losing money for playing SO5 and have fun about it. Not sure the client base right now is okay to lose money willingly. So just the way that you phrased that, I think is different than how they look at it. I don't think they look at it as us losing money by buying cards. We are buying cards. We're, we're purchasing pieces that allow us to play this game. And I know a lot of some people have used the golf analogy of like what what game do people play where they just like buy and get nothing out of it? And they're like, well, golf. And you need clubs, you need shoes, like everything you need. Nobody's getting you, you, none of us are being professional golfers that we can make money back from it. And and yet because we can, like golf would be a lot different if you could like sell your clubs to other people easily. You're like, I, this nine iron, I've been banging this nine iron. It's great. Someone's like, I, I could use a nine iron. I'll pay you 20, 30 bucks for it. And you're like, oh, I paid 35, like 40. And you're like, deal. It doesn't work that way. Um, ben said, I think we've been spoiled in the past with prices and also ease of rewards to some extent. I think that's right. And particularly in NBA and MLB, like last year, MLB for sure. Is not prices, not prices, <laughs> rewards. Um, Steph said it's more spending money than losing, right? So I think that's what it is, is that if you go into every single card acquisition thinking this is going to be worth more than what I paid for it, I think you're going to have a really disappointing time on so rare. And it's weird because theoretically every card we get, this is what we should be doing. It, you know, you research a lot and there's a reason you bought that card, a good matchup coming up or a couple of good matchups or a bigger role on the team. And so you think this, this card will help me in my lineups. And if it's successful and you think it's going to be because you're buying the card, if it's successful, he'll be worth more in the future. And we get to the point where maybe it just isn't worth more in the future, even with the good performances. And you got that right, but the other players you put in the lineups were bad. And so you're not actually winning rewards, even though you bought this card that is playing well. And from that, there's a frustration of now my card is worth less and I have no rewards to show for it. But that's kind of how every game works, right? Not not in that respect, but that not everybody is going to win. And, and I think it makes it harder for a lot of users who experience this, this idea that I'm buying these cards to win at the game, but if I don't win at the game, I can sell them for more. Like, I don't know where that comes from. And so that's like, it's like a step we need to get over but in doing that, it almost makes us have to accept that prices are going to go down and nobody wants to do that. And and theoretically, they don't have to. But because and <clears throat> so the the whole like own your game thing. 
is is fundamentally that well not well let me let me backtrack on that because i what i was about to say didn't make any sense the fact that we own these player cards means we can sell them it doesn't mean we we are guaranteed to sell them for a profit we would like to and many of us have done it and many of us have taken losses on cards but really what we're doing is buying game pieces and if they don't work out we could usually sell them and they usually sell them means at a loss and what we don't do and what peter's article kind of reminded me is you really should be putting a value on every contest entry that you used so if you had cards you know you spent a hundred dollars on cards entered them into 10 tournaments and even if you didn't win you still had an opportunity 10 opportunities to win rewards and if it didn't work out the odds are you can sell those 10 cards again probably at a loss or 100 card whatever 100 cards 100 dollars worth of cards but you paid to have an opportunity to win and you didn't win so why should you why should your cards be worth more i feel like i'm not saying this as clearly as i want i don't it also seems like i'm justifying falling card prices which is also not what i'm trying to do Bruzo said, I joined January of this year. I've only known falling prices. <laughs> that sounds so sad. And I've always just seen so rare as a game. I've been pouring money in the whole time because I thoroughly enjoy it and hobbies cost money. Maki said he thinks I'm, they think I'm overcomplicating it, which I, I think so too. Scosmo said, I'm keen to change strategies from players I expect to win to win from. Sorry, let me start that over. I'm keen to change strategies from players I expect to win from to players I think will be worth more, but worth more versus the rest of the so rare market, not in fiat and ETH. So I think that's actually much riskier because you're you're relying on the entire market. It's almost like there's an expectation that the market and like global markets are are steady because you could have well i guess you said worth more versus the rest of the so rare market but what's the benefit of that like if, if everything goes down you're just trading down unless i'm a misunderstanding which is certainly possible <clears throat> but i'm going to switch gears a little bit unless you guys have any comments in the chat and then we can go back off topic but to the survey and I actually, well, I will talk a little bit about the survey itself, but I think the issue that I had with the survey, which is a problem with, with surveys overall, is the results are heavily influenced by the questions. And I realize that sounds obvious, but if Sorer Data put out a survey that said, would you rather pay $1,000 a month or $1,000 a year for so rare data? I'm 
guessing most people would say they would rather pay $1,000 a year instead of $1,000 a month. And so then we charge $1,000 a month and everyone is like, whoa, what is that? We're like, no, everyone said that's what they wanted. See, here's our survey. 50,000 people said, yes, I would rather pay $1,000 a month than $1,000 a year or $1,000 a year than $1,000 a month. They're like, no, 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 no. That was just because of the, those were the two options. We don't want to pay that much. And we're like, oh, well, I mean, that's why did you put it in the survey? And that's how I started to feel with the SoRare survey, that we were answering questions that were leading us to answers that we didn't really believe. And the, the struggle I had with that is that it felt like they're going to, I mean, they're the Nicola has been on like podcasts or whatever it was saying, like, we're going to have gameplay changes. And the survey included like, hey, here are some suggestions that we've gotten for gameplay changes. Which one do you like? And the answer was none of them. But it was like, that wasn't one of the options. It was like, do you like this? Do you like this? No. <laughs> like one of them was, I actually fundamentally didn't understand. I still don't understand the one about uh, single like competitions. It was something about competitions rewarding cards from that competition. And like the example was Premier League's worth more than MLS. And it was like, I don't know. I, I still don't know what that question means. And so, Yeah. Um, surface, I have not taken the survey because I was not asked to take the survey. I've just looked at, I, I, I mean, Black and I took the entire survey yesterday. Um, and it just felt like the one giant thing that was missing that Andy like wrote in, and I've spoken with other people that wrote in, that the the total lack of acknowledgement that people play to win money was concerning to me. And I understand why they didn't do it because like they don't want there to be such a focus on winning cash and ETH. But so many people play the game for that reason. And to have an entire survey about so rare and have it completely ignore that part of it was concerning to me. Daniel said, I think they mean more people want to play the Premier League so they'll have a bigger, better reward pool than MLS, I think. So the problem, so it's already better. Like, are they going to give out more Premier League rewards because it's a more valuable league? No. Like, I, I read it as like league-specific competitions, not should we have more Premier League cards in all-star rewards than MLS. If that's the case, great. Because I think that's what we want. I think fundamentally, most of the user base would rather rewards from Champion Europe than Champion America in like all-star competitions. So <clears throat> Malky said, will they be shocked when they find out that almost all people care about is Cap 240? I mean, they they know that we're all entering it. Like cap 240 in each scarcity is the most, the most popular contest. 
And it's not because, hey, I really like this strategy of fitting in players that cost less than 240 L15 points. That's not why we play. Scosmo said on the strategy point, if Sora goes down, I go down too, which is the same boat regardless of strategy other than selling up. Some players depreciate quicker than others. I want to beat that. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Mike said, I wonder now if they even care what customers want. So I, I think they genuinely do. But I don't think I don't think the survey can give them an accurate representation of what the user base believes overall. Like there are some like the fact that there was like ETH threshold, like what is your favorite thing about Champion America? Like ETH thresholds was one of the options. And that doesn't make you feel like you're taking a survey from a company that knows what they're doing with the survey. Daniel said, if your gallery value goes down, but your quality versus other people's galleries goes up, is that good? I, yeah. And Bruzel said it's less bad. Yeah, <laughs> that's a nice way to put it. Yeah, the, I don't, so that, that was my problem with the survey, that it felt like it was, the questions were leading you to an answer that wasn't the answer you would have given. And the problem with surveys overall is that people don't really like to fill them out. Like they're kind of a pain in the ass. And every time there's a, can you please expand? Like very few people actually do that. Andy didn't. And so it's it makes you feel like they're going to work off of a data set and make presumably make changes to the game off of questions that don't don't address the fundamental issues with not issues but the 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 thoughts of the community and like i i had a plan to basically rewrite the survey i was going to go through it and and write it in a way that i thought was a little more open open-ended in terms of answer possibilities, but I, I didn't get the survey. So I'm like, I'm checking my email right now. Still nothing. But Orlando City sent me a new schedule. <sighs> okay. Sorry, I was going back to the... Malky said, site credits would seem to be a reasonable replacement for threshold. Most people probably don't withdraw it anyway, at least not after each game week, and it allows them to save a bit of face. So they had been doing site credits on the NBA side, and the it's not a direct site credit. It's spend $20 and we'll give you $20. And I think that is really bad, like really bad that we buy cards, including an NBA where you have to buy new cards to compete and you win and they're like, hey, congrats, spend more and then get your reward. And so if they replaced 
if they replaced the threshold payments with site credits that were true site credits instead of fifty dollars, we're giving you fifty dollars to spend on so rare. I I think that's fine, but I've also never withdrawn. And I don't plan to. But they have to do it in a way where you can easily use them with your balances. Like the fact that we can't use ETH and cash in the same transaction is really frustrating. And if you have like a third one that is put on top, I think that that'll lead to some frustration. Jerm uh, said, so coins are the future, which I think is right. Daniel said he spent 25 minutes doing the survey. Well, I, I mean, I, I think it's unreasonable to think everybody would do that. But thank you for doing that, Daniel, because it's. I think it's important. I would take 25 minutes, but again, I didn't get it. The Good Place said, do you think Sora are looking to remove comps based on the question existing? I don't, I didn't understand. I, I don't know. I, I can't get any feel of what they are thinking of, which is concerning because I felt like the questions were leading you to a space. Like the, the one, what are your favorite competitions? And the fact that they had like Challenger Europe and Rare Plus as options was weird because, yeah, I like Rare Plus, but I also don't play Champion Europe. So I like one, like I like Rare Plus, just not in all instances. And clearly that's there because they need enough people to not choose it so they can get rid of it. I mean, Maxima said it for years. Oh, well, not year. Well, probably a year. Ever since they came out with that, the progression ladder and rare pros, it was rare pro at the time. It was just like off to the side. I think there's a reasonable, yeah, I think it's possible that they get rid of rare plus because we've kind of always thought it, it might happen. And like that survey Go like if that survey goes out to however many people, everyone who just plays limited never chooses rare plus because they've never played it. And so all of a sudden they're like, wow, rare plus is actually the least liked competition on the entire platform. We should get rid of it. And it's like, whoa, that's not, that is not what happened here. And I think that like, that was actually, that was the best example, I think, of a survey question that was leading people to a result that they want. And again, I don't know that they want to do this. Don't, don't say, oh, Laird said they want to get rid of, like, people have said it. Blame Maxime. Maxime says they think they, but this was a while ago. But that's like that question. What are your favorite competitions? Champion Europe. Challenger Europe, All-Star, U23, Champion Asia, Champion America, Rare Plus. If you only played, and it's like pick five, you're like, oh, all right, well, Rare Plus is never going to win anyone who doesn't play it. And now you have data that makes it seem like nobody wants it. Cosmo said, do you think they have someone in the company watching all the community podcasts, consuming content like MPEN's medium articles? I don't know. 
Mike, you can't send me the survey is the problem because it's all user linked. So you get your coins when you finish it. And yeah, Scosmo, I, I do think that there are people who watch certain things. I don't know what makes them watch them or listen to them. Like if there's somebody else who's like, hey, you should check this out. I don't think that there's like one person whose job it is to like consume so rare content. That sounds like an awesome job, to be honest. I mean, you guys all do it for free. Surface said, proper survey methodology addresses a lot of the concerns you have. In general, say surveys are useless is only accurate if you don't follow proper methods. Agree this survey is likely suspect. So you're right. I, I, I shouldn't say surveys are useless. They can, they can be very helpful. I, I don't know how helpful this one was. On, 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 to get like a total view of the opinion of the people who are taking it. And so... And that rare plus one is like such a clear example of feeling like you're getting walked into an answer and a result that you don't actually mean. And so that's the problem. Um, yeah. It, it feels like the equivalent of, would you rather win a star or $3? And everyone's like, yeah, I'd rather the star card. And they're like, see, people don't want to win cash. They just want cards. And it's like, is that, is that what I said? Scosmo said, we may not come up with the right answers in these forms, but the fundamental issues are definitely understood. Understood by who? The Good Place said, if they remove the cards along with it, I definitely said to get rid of Second Division Europe. What makes second division Europe better than challenger? Honest question. Sorry, this is the other way around. What makes challenger better than second division Europe? Like these are teams that have an opportunity to play in the top five leagues in the entire world versus a bunch of ones that are in smaller European countries that very few people care about outside of so rare. Karupti said, I bet everyone will be opting out of receiving credits. It can only be it can be it can only be auctions only, which will make them, which will then make Sora less real money. I didn't even think about that possibility that it's only auctions or like buy nows. You're right. Because people use threshold rewards to buy cards off the secondary market, which Sora take a small piece of, but still. <clears throat> Germ loves second division. I actually don't mind it at all. I think, I don't think, like I think second division in terms of a, a platform as a whole was more beneficial. And, but part of that is it helped lower prices for really expensive, excuse me, expensive parts of the game. And yeah. Um, Daniel said they need limited plus. I don't think that's ever happening. Brazil said, I only want limited plus during limited plus during the MLS Europe overlap. Yeah. Um, service said, perhaps underestimating the power of the survey. It was linked to your account. For example, this idea of the favorite comp question being misleading seems wrong. They can correlate with limited galleries, et cetera. So I, 
I hope so. I hope that's what they do. Because it just didn't, it just felt like I was getting led into a, an answer that I didn't want. But again, I haven't taken the survey. Let me check my email again. Nope. Just a Lululemon ad. <sighs> Malky said league specific comps would be nice. They have them. Just limited them. Um, sorry, I'm just going through the chat here. Scottsmo said second division champs should get more love, not hate. So many big clubs in these leagues with big fan bases. Bundesliga two has the sixth highest attendance in Europe. Yeah, I I like I'm with you on on that one, Scosmo. Like I think second division Europe is better than than Challenger. Meaning in in the like had they always done it? Like I think Challenger is only preferred because it's it got there first. If we always had second divisions, and then they're like, "Hey, we just added Eredivisie," and we're like, "Oh, all right, yeah, Ajax is there, whatever." Then we complain. And we'd be like, "Why do we have all these Volendam cards? Who wants this?" Um, Red or Dead said, "I love second division. It was an entry point for me in limiteds, and now it's an entry point for me in rares. Also, get the chance to be promoted to champion Europe, right?" Even though, ironically, you don't want them promoted, but yeah, I I commented that it felt like the survey was written by someone who didn't fully understand the game, and I'm now changing that opinion to it's it was done by someone who really gets it and needs the community to reply in certain ways to justify their upcoming changes. And I didn't like that. <clears throat> yeah. Scott's so the added dynamic around promotion, promotion, relegation clubs, additional utility, ability to scout young players earlier in their careers and follow cult players returning to boyhood clubs before retirement. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Mike said, remember when we used to scoff at Monza stacks? Mike, there was no scoff. Just kidding. So yeah, that's what I thought about the survey. And I sh I'm struggling. I'm struggling with, well, I'm really struggling with not being able to take it. But subsequently, I just felt like the the questions and the topics were a means to an end. Yeah. Save money king. It seems like the opposite of so rare, but uh, it says it does feel a little underhanded how they've gamed their own survey to get the answers they want to change the game, how they've already planned it. So I don't know that they did that. And obviously we don't know what the changes are. Maybe they had nothing to do with the survey. But my response, my feeling, and I'm not speaking for anyone else, is, is that the questions were, were leading. Is that the right word? The leading, you're leading the witness. 
Like, I feel like a lot of people could take that entire survey and feel like their opinion on SoRare and very specific things about SoRare are completely unheard. And the survey kind of felt like it was a, hey, how do you, what do you think about SoRare? And you were like, yeah, I would love to take this survey. And they were like, great. How do you feel about the unique division? And you're like, oh, I don't play that. And they're like, okay, we'll get rid of the unique division. You're like, what? Mike said loaded questions. Yeah, they, yeah, I don't know. I'm not a survey writer. So like, I don't, I've never written like a long survey like that. Maybe I should try it. And then I can see how, how difficult it is. Um, Juju said, why should SoRare justify something with a survey? They never did that before. Like with the fitness changes, they announced it for date X and then got feedback. So I think, I mean, the, the survey might just be a part of it. Like they may be talking to other users. It did seem like the backtrack on fitness, like I don't know who they talked to about that. It, or if they just went on Discord and Twitter and were like, man, people think this is a terrible idea and they just decided to get rid of it. And I don't know, maybe that's the case. But I don't think that's not a great way to, to run a game either off of Twitter sentiment. Nothing would ever get done. And there are some absolutely horrible ideas out there that are on Twitter and, and Discord that would just ruin so rare. Have said, did you not complete the rivals beta feedback form to then be sent this survey? I don't even think I got a request for that either. Did I have to go do that? Yeah, Dream Oblivion mentions Gallup. Yeah, there are survey companies, sure. Um, John Andrew said, an episode where we pool our thoughts and create a survey. Surveying with Laird. Yeah, <laughs> just what this community needs. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's I feel like the I feel like we're in a weird spot when it comes to SoRare. Um what's up, Quinny? When it comes to SoRare feedback that we don't know who they're listening to. Like they used to have essentially like focus groups. And I know like DraftKings has them. They have users of all different sizes. And I almost feel like it would be helpful if SoRare did that and told us not who the users are, but just like, oh yeah, we have this user who owns 48 uniques and we have another one that only plays the amateur competitions and we have, and so at least gives us an idea of like, is there someone, are they getting feedback from someone who plays the game like me? And if the answer is no, then allow those people to speak up a little bit. Jay said, user sentiment is crucial. Somehow SoRare and affiliates totally neglect this. I actually don't think affiliates neglect this because I feel like a lot of the affiliates are the ones who are going on Twitter asking why everyone who has bought cards and is a little frustrated tries to burn the whole thing down when they're like, if SoRare goes down, like your cards are worthless. So you being super negative to the public about something that probably doesn't need to be that dramatic makes everything look bad. 
Oh, Harry Trades is here, my man. Mike said, do you think they ever seek feedback from Powell? It feels like they should. Like, I think you could argue that he's one of the most important people on the entire platform, whether you like him or not. And you know what? I think they should absolutely get feedback from him. But it is possible that all of his ideas are terrible and they're extremely self-centered and selfish and only revolve around making him more money. But they'll know that. I mean, inevitably, we all are going to answer in our own best interest. And they need to figure out if something that's in my best interest is good for, is actually good for the most, the majority of people, then great. John said Pavel would counter a survey request with two back with two survey requests of his own and ETH on top. It's a fantastic line. Balky said, but even if you care about the game, it doesn't necessarily mean your feedback is useful or reliable. Absolutely. I you're absolutely right. In fact, I think you could even take it a step further and say most feedback is useless and unreliable. Kevin Hurd said the rivals beta email asks for feedback and then I'll get the survey. All right, I'll try to do that. Okay. Save Money Kings back. Do you think negative sentiment issues come from how users view so rare? Some see it as a crypto project. Some see it as an investment opportunity. Others see it as a fantasy game. So fundamentally, if the value of your cards are down, you're angry. Like that's that applies to most people. So I think it's those people who look at it, they may, they may not think they're looking at it as an investment, but they're treating it like one. And so it becomes a problem. And then they go to Twitter blaming the game. And then it just looks bad. Andy Black said what I missed, but Quinny dropped that line like two minutes ago. Come on, Andy. Harry said, I think they should ask Jimmer and only Jimmer about how to make SoRare great again. So I don't know if there is a better person on the platform that they should get feedback from than Jimmer for so many reasons. But I don't know if they're asking him. But I think Jimmer has like a really unique perspective on the game. He loves it. He's been here from very early on and also is very familiar with other crypto games. And yeah, so the, yeah, I think totally agree. But I do kind of agree with Andy that Jimmer is killing the platform. He is a leech, just like Andy and me. John Andrew said, I wonder what the off topic will be this time next year. So rare really saved things or anyone remembers so rare. So I'm pretty sure that if, if it's the latter, 
does anybody remember so rare? Then there's probably not much so rare data content going on. <laughs> no, none of the nothing is Jimmer's fault. Mm -mm. I, I won't have that Jimmer slander here. Andy said, or Daniel said, Andy doesn't win rewards, so it's okay. That's fair. That is fair. Yeah, shots fired. Um, would it be easier to just get Twitter shut down? No, no. I Sorry, Ian. I love Twitter. Aside from the... No, actually, kind of, I love the absurdity, too. Like I said, then it'll be a Rainmaker stream. Oh, oh, all right. I see what you're saying. Chani said, let's have fun. All right. What's your speculation on Nicola mentioning this, quote, announcement regarding gameplay next year? It will affect prizes, supplies, and tournaments. Is that what he said? So I feel like they've always said that big changes would happen during like leading up to the new European season. So maybe they're now, it seems early to announce now, but maybe they've learned their lesson. It will affect pri like prizes, supplies, and tournaments. I don't, I don't know what any of that would mean other than, um, Other than more prizes? Like, you know how game-changing it would be if they just filled the damn club shop? We could do stuff with our coins? Like, that in itself would just be game-changing. Chani said it's Nacho's translation of Nicola's French podcast. So was it Nacho? So did you read it in Spanish? Was it like French to Spanish to English? <laughs> French, Spanish, German, English? Um, Hilo said they finally got the progression bar figured out. The where, um, Philly Dilly said, since we're off topic, so we're data suggestion, can a bunch of filters be added to, to the pick score page? Yeah, yeah, we're that's we were well aware of that. Yeah, there will be. Um, <sighs> I think that. So where Juju said, taking prizes out of cap 240 to finance the 270 reward boxes affect prizes, tournaments, and supply already could be a major change or not. So it was really funny that everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people were comfortable with them taking prizes out of 240 and just be like, that's threshold. Like if you get it, you get it. And if you don't, you don't. And then the first week, People like smash 240. And they're like, what the hell? Where's my prize? Like, you you were okay with this last week. <clears throat> I don't know what the I don't know what the goal of <clears throat> excuse me, fundamental changes would be. Like, is it just they're rewarding too many cards or they're giving out too much ETH? And they need to figure out a gameplay where we're okay with that, with a reduction, even if there are more users. And 
Daniel said reward box has 30% more entrance and significantly worse card reward pool than regular 270. People must be loving those level ups. I mean, maybe. I think the big, the big difference with that is at least you get something. Like the possibility that you win something is really high versus the other competitions. And as much as people say they want to compete for the best prizes, they really, really just want something. And that's what these reward boxes allow them to do. Uh, Luis said the translation in Spanish on that line would be changes will be made in gameplay that will change competitions, therefore prizes and supply. Well, the supply is not going to change. Well, I guess card reward, card supply can't change, theoretically. I mean, if that changes, my God, I'm not even going to think about that. But um, I think I think there are a few things that can happen. I think they either get rid of cat modes or they make everything cat modes. And one of them, Maxime actually talked about this a while ago, that you have to have some sort of minimum cap, like cap 300, where you actually have to be over, and that allows people to still play all their stars together. Um, or maybe it's just a cap 400, whatever. And the, I think, like cap modes theoretically force more force server managers into more card movement. And that benefits so rare because they take a cut of every secondary transaction. If you buy them on auctions or or now, like it it encourages more cards being owned, and that's how they make money. So like I think. And I, I might have said this, I think I said it to Sean once. And I don't think they're going to do this, but I do think that it, it's not the worst idea, idea, excuse me, to have like capped competition rewards be as good as All-Star. I mean, I won a great reward from Cap 240 once when I won it. And so <clears throat> the good place that everything cap devalues the top end card. So you would still have one that allowed, I mean, it's basically the same thing. It's all star. Um, Germ said if they were to replace 270 with 270 reward box and eliminate 200 and, er, and eliminate 240 card rewards at all scarcities, that's nearly 450 cards, card rewards in rare. Um, yeah. Daniel said, I like the variety of competitions and the different rules in each comp. So that was another funny one yesterday in the survey was, how was it phrased? Like, I like adjusting to new rules or something like that. And I didn't get that at all. And it also felt like from the NBA side, people really didn't like that last year where they were like, oh, we're going to do U23 or... I don't even remember what's underdog they did like sporadically, but they just so much of, of so rare, like as much as we think in the, in the short term, 
we should be thinking longer term. And so when you do and you plan everything out and they're like, oh, by the way, this week we have this new competition and you can only have cards with a guy named Andrew. And you're just like, why are you just giving this to me? Um, Daniel said it was phrased really weirdly, but I think they meant you like having different competition, like different competitions having different rules. So I don't know. That was a really weird question. I thought it was it was worded in a way that people would answer it in a different way than they think because they just didn't understand it. Queenie said, I kind of like the competition division idea, all-star rare D1 through four could be awesome. So this was like the ELO. The problem I had with that is that you need to have like it, it's difficult for me to think that it's okay for a single competition to be run and only a certain number of people can win the best prizes, even if they have a better chance. Meaning if they had all-star and they're like, okay, if you're in division one, which is all like the whales, then you have a 38% chance to win the best reward if, you know, if you finish ahead of everyone. And in Division Two, you have a twenty-four percent chance. And why should that be? Why, like, if I get a better score than Sean, but he's playing in Division One and I'm playing in Division Four, why should he get a better chance at at a reward for using the same kind of cards? But again, maybe I misunderstood all of that, which is possible because I didn't understand a lot of the questions. John Andrew said, not expecting an overnight fix. It would be great to just think they've made they've made a change, which is a great first step on moving things upwards again. Hilo said, I think a really worrying statement by the team about how marketing targeting pro cards isn't working, so they're going to focus more on rivals marketing. That sounds like a very slow filter. Yeah, I... I've had a conversation with a couple of people on that. I, I don't think that they're like completely stopping pro marketing but i think they need they need so rare to become like synonymous with fantasy sports and doing that you and you know with fpl being free and people know what it is like i think if fpl came out with a paid version that used nfts like it would it would be a smashing hit and i think so rare is basically trying to like reverse engineer that Like the problem, sorry, I'm going through a, Mike said, why didn't they just change 270 limited to reward box rather than duplicate the comp and remove card prizes from 240? I feel that was almost a trial run to see how it was received. It did seem like they were like two birds with one stone on that one. Like how do people feel about getting rid of card rewards in 240? And we're going to have another 270. Like Haber said he entered the wrong one. And I think there are plenty of people who probably did. Because it was like, hey, cap 270 is where you have the reward box. And you're like, okay, let me just go. Uh, Daniel said, I think they could make the month-long comps with relegation promotion. I like the idea of doing well to move up next month for a better chance at rewards.
Juju said, do you think, do they maybe think about taking tier fours and fives out of the rewards pool, put them also in the boxes and do that for every comp? I mean, would you rather win a tier four or win a chance at a tier four? I don't like, I'm not sure that. <clears throat> Kev Hurt said, I do think they'll remove card rewards and all scarcities for cap 240 to try and put people off of farming ETH. It would be painful to podium in those with no cards or more ETH. I don't think removing card rewards stops farming ETH. Hilo said they should sell the DraftKings. I'll respectfully disagree. John Andrews said it's one of the few feel-good stories when you see a small gallery taking down All-Star against the Whales. Um, so German, German said, how do you enter the wrong one? The reward box is one in the same section as the Premier League winter comp and at the top of the competition page. So it's funny you say that because I, last Friday, is that last Friday? Last Thursday, whenever I was in France, I pulled up the lobby because I was going in to put my, my lineups in and it said competition starts in three days, whatever, whatever, 12 hours. And I was like, oh my, did I miss the deadline? And it was like, oh no, I have to scroll down. And then it was like two hours left. And I was like, why are we putting this at the top? That's in three days. So I, I'm going to, I'll side with Haber on this one that, because I, because I don't play the Premier League one. So I'd skip right over that anyway. Um, so the, I think the problem, I think the problem that we have right now is we don't know what we're trying to solve. And that makes it difficult to get positive feedback from people. And I don't think it's in SoRare's best interest to be like, hey, so we're, we got to make more money. How do you guys, what's the most comfortable way for you guys to spend more money as card values tank? So we're all here like trying, like we're all thinking of these new competitions. Oh, it'd be cool if they did this or this or this. But like, we don't really know what we're trying to solve. And if the answer is fundamentally, they need more money, it that's going to run counter to what we want. Like we want to get more out of this game. I mean, that's ultimately the whole problem. Is that like so rare can't win and the users win. They can to a certain extent, I guess. But Chani said, all of us want Sora to fix things and prices to go up, but that's only going to happen if they make a change that we all back with our wallet and spend more. So like that's the, I feel like they're, they're testing ideas of new stuff and asking like, how would you feel about this? Like, again, do you want the opportunity to win tickets. And we're like, yes, that sounds fun. And they're like, great. We're going to just get rid of card wards and have tickets. And it's like, that's not what I, that's no, don't do that. And I don't know. Hilo said advertising on the site is probably the best one for both sides. If it's money, I like very, 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 very few companies 
sell things they make, advertise other products on their site. Like if you had a business that relied on people using their discretionary income to fund, would you want to put something on your site that was like, you can also buy this? Because now you're like, man, I that like super rare card looks really cool. And then right next to it, it's like a new pair of Nikes. And you're like, I, I could use new shoes. Let me get the Nikes instead. What? And you're not making enough money on the ad to lose out on the, on the value of whatever that card is. Like the, the advertising thing and the sponsorship thing, it's just not, it's, it's literally not viable right now. There are not nearly enough people on the platform to justify any company, specifically a worldwide company, because somebody mentioned it. I think it was a uh, net the other day where it's like, oh yeah, bet have the hundred thousand dollar bet fair thing, blah, blah, blah. I can't sign up to bet fair. Just, it doesn't apply for so many users on the platform. So why would even Betfair want to advertise like that? But you have to think of these like global companies that want to attract users, very specific set of users. Look yourself in the mirror and think of the companies that like that advertise to you. Now think, do they do business basically everywhere on the planet? And the number of companies is so small. And now they have to have some sort of marketing budget or advertising budget and go to a site that only has a few hundred thousand active users. It just doesn't, the, the math does not work for ads. Like it, it just doesn't. Particularly when those ads are encouraging whoever's looking at them to spend money somewhere else. <sighs> Sorry. John Andrew said, most, most can't just keep throwing money at it. New people on the site to increase demand. Yeah, I mean, we all need, we know we all need new users. Um, Chani said, when more cash payouts were introduced into the global all-star, I spent more money. They give the incentive, I back it with my wallet. They only have to create the right incentive for an upturn, in my opinion. Um, so I think you're in a different spot, Chani. Like I... You have cards that can compete for the top, is it top 100, top 30? I don't even know what it is, an all-star. Like most people, that money is, it's just not a viable target. Jiwam said, in real life, players go for more, even though their career is shorter at that point. Clubs don't expect to sell for less every time. That is fair, but... But we're, most of the cards we buy are not in that situation where we think the player is going to be worth significantly more later. We're buying them because they're good at a game. Um, Daniel said, sponsors won't work now, as you say. It's also the only way the users end up net positive. Otherwise, we're funding people who are winning big and so rare themselves. I mean, that's sort of the whole... That's the whole game anyway, but yeah, I, I just, I feel like the current competitions are okay. People enjoy playing them. 
And so making drastic changes to them need to come with some sort of justification. Because it is weird to be like, hey, you know that game you really like? We're blowing it up and we have this other, this new game and you have to go play that. And our response is like, well, we liked that other game. Why, why are we, why? And of course it's like, well, we just, the game was unsustainable. We're going to go bankrupt. They're not going to say that, of course. And we don't even know if that's the case. I mean, Nicholas said they're profitable. And obviously the point of business is not to like barely be profitable. Like we understand, you're like, you're here to make money. You have investors who want a return one day, but the making like wholesale changes to the game right now. Like, I don't think anyone that, that, that let me, I think a lot of people like the game and like the game is not the problem. And so why are we changing the game if we are? Daniel said that is the game, but that's why we see so many people complain about losing money because it's inevitable more people will end up down on money than they are up. So that's the case with any like paid game though. Like even in daily fantasy sports, like most people lose. Like literally most, 90% lose. But they keep depositing because they like the idea, they have fun, and there is a possibility that they could win. And if they win once, sometimes that's enough. But that's still only one person now. It's not everybody. But people enjoy it. And I think people enjoy this game. But they never, ever, 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 ever look and say like, oh, my cards might not be worth as much, even though I keep using them in contests and the ability to win from those things. Hilo said, think one of the biggest issues also is fun. While I still have fun playing, it's certainly less fun than this summer last year and sounds like others as well. More points needed for a lesser value. So that, I mean, it still goes back to values though. Like fundamentally, the game itself is fun. Scouting players, putting lineups together, figuring out where to play them. Like there's a lot of this game that's fun. And if we, but the, obviously falling values makes it, makes the experience not as good, but the game itself is okay. Like we like the game. We might not like the rewards. We might not like falling values, but the game itself is fun. And we are here and enjoying ourselves in that part. Malky said a year ago, maybe a lot of players you liked were out of your budget, not now. Yeah, that's... Glass half full there, Malky. Hilo said, I think a lot of new users get the chasing the dragon feeling. I don't I have no idea what that means, but I think I know what it means. Chasing the dragon. <clears throat> the pursuit of the original or ultimate but unattainable high. Yeah. Sure. But that's the case in, in a lot of games. But for some reason in this one, we buy our game pieces and then expect our game pieces to go up as we win rewards. When he said the chase is better than the catch. 
I love that line. Oh, Quinny has a t video titled that? Let's find it. But I agree with you. Sorry, I'm literally looking for this. Uh... Apparently, some band called Motorhead also has a song about it. Sorry, Quinny. You got to work on your S uh, SEO. <sighs> Mike said it's also a good tagline for marriage. <laughs> Scott said, I'm catching up on double speed. The point of needing global companies targeting a specific group of users, only fans. So are oh, Jesus. I can't believe I read that out loud. <sighs> oh, it's also a good song. Yeah. Um, Mike said, leave us with some holiday spirit. Uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Oh my gosh. Hour and 17 minutes. What the hell have we been talking about? Good place said the new new year challenge, make Laird accidentally Google a weird sex thing. See, this is why I don't like share my screen as I Google things, but like literally this is motorhead. The chase is better than the catch. Not a big motorhead guy, but maybe I will. Maybe I'll become one. Um, Hilo, you should talk to Scosmo. That's all I'll say. I'm not even going to put that comment up on the screen. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go. Uh, we're, we're going down a weird path here, so I'm just going to get out while I can. Uh, next week, there will be nothing until Friday. And so don't expect anything next week until Friday. But Friday will be the... Well, actually, I'll just keep this on since it's Andy Black. I believe Friday is going to be the Sower Andrews holiday special, which is weird since Christmas will already be over. But we... I don't know what we're going to do. My guess is there's... It'll probably be some sort of drunk cast or whatever. Uh, I'd like to have some guests. I have some in mind, but I'm also not working next week. So I guess I should figure that out. But yeah, I have no idea what time it'll be, but it'll be Friday. And it'll, I guess it'll be more of a um, New Year's end of year celebration than, than Christmas specifically. And he said year in review as if we're going to actually like go back and look at anything. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, the, well, I'll see you then. Merry Christmas to all those who celebrate, and I hope uh, hope you get everything that you were looking for. Thanks, everyone.